I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Well, hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust. Karaski's off this evening. College basketball taking center stage for the next month of the year. It's March Madness at its finest. For the Cajuns, it's the Sunbelt Tournament. We'll look into that. Plus, on tonight's show, Matt Deggs and the Cajun Baseball Program, they're on a roll this weekend, hosting their second home series of the season against Campbell. That and much more on tonight's show. So let's get things started. We begin with the Raging Cajun Women's Basketball Program, who played Wednesday night a matchup with Appalachian State, a team the Cajuns had beaten Earlier in the season, how would the Sunbelt Conference Tournament matchup go? Second round action from Pensacola, and it was not UL's night. 14 of 59 from the floor and just one three-pointer. The Cajuns pulled it within four in the third quarter, but Destiny Rice, she would hit Tamara Johnson for the easy layup there, and things may be turning around. But App State counters with a run of their own and pulled away in the end, winning 51-38, eliminating the Cajuns from the tournament. UL shot just 7% from three, 23% from the floor. A tough day for the Cajuns as head coach Gary Broadhead and his team's season comes to an end. You know, I got to give all the credit to App State. I thought they played an excellent game. They defended as well. They scored it well. Uh, they made it a little bit more difficult to guard them than the last time we played them. So, you know, give a lot of credit to their preparation and, you know, how good they looked. You know, it's just for us, it's just one of those games. We just uh, seemed to not get everything going. And when we did, they always had an answer. So this is part of being in the conference tournament. You know, anybody can win. It's anybody's game. And uh, just kind of disappointing for our seniors. And But we're a young team. We'll go back to work and, you know, no excuses. Hopefully we can uh, – kind of get back going and maybe change the maybe change the game one day. I think last time they tried to pick us up uh, and they kind of left the base, baselines open, but this time they kind of spread it out the defense and they were trying to trap some of the some of the things that we were doing and it, uh, I think they switched a lot and you know their zone defense with had a lot of pressure and you know we couldn't get by them for some reason we couldn't mm -hmm. uh, a lot of hand checks, but you know, it's part of the game. We were hand checking too, so um, it just made it tough to get to get to the rim. And I thought they protected the rim really well too, compared to last time because we got a lot of last time we played them, we got a lot of baseline drives. And it, Tamara was three for three from the the three last time we played them. She was she didn't really shoot it that well today. One for seven. You know, we had. I mean, if you just look at the stats, it kind of tells itself. You know, here you have a game, you out rebound somebody, and you lose. That's that's tough. I mean. Everybody in America saying you out rebound people, you win, and so you got to make shots. You know that's one of the things that we need to get to back to work and and uh, able to you know kind of get shots, uh, get shots uh, more times. Find, you know find some some time to to really work with them. And you know we young team, you know we just lose two kids, so I think we got uh, we got a lot of potential for next year if we can kind of just continue to work. That's it. I mean, I, I think the potential is there, but, you know, potential is a scary word, too, now, because if you don't get out and work, and I, that's one thing that I think we're going to do, you know, as long as I've been there, we work, man, I don't care, 
if we have a, a young team, an old team, a great team, or a bad team, we're going to go out and work, man. And, you know, adding the teams in the conference, I think, made the conference a lot tougher, too. The travel was just, well, brutal. So that doesn't hurt, help a young team at all. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the things that I think our universities need to look at uh, as far as for charters and all that. Because the charter flight we did make, we won, we won both games. That was App State and Georgia Southern, two teams that are really good in a, in a conference. And then after that, it just kind of, to me, it kind of falls apart. But, yeah, we got, you know, uh, again, you know, I'm excited about starting next year. I asked them in the locker room if they were ready tomorrow, get, get, get going, you know. We got those kind of kids, you know. You know, we'll forgive it. I mean, we'll forget it and just move forward. And, you know, we just need everybody else to kind of believe in us too, you know. And and if they don't, we, you know, I, I, you start to kind of stop listening to the media when they tell you you can't shoot because then you start believing you can't shoot. Well, that's what happened today. Uh, a couple of years ago, or no, a lot of years ago when we won conference um, at McNeese, I didn't read a newspaper or listen to a radio show or nothing because they were telling me what we were. And I didn't know, and then all of a sudden we were 27 and five or whatever. So, you know, sometimes you got to believe in what you do and how you do it. So that's going to be the thing, you know, I think we'll do it. You know, that's just, just our MO, you know. It's like I got those kind of kids, and they'll come back. They'll come back stronger. Well, college basketball, of course, hitting that conference tournament time, and that means postseason awards get doled out. Jordan Brown and Greg Williams Jr. on the Rage Against Your Men's side of things, named to the All-Sun Belt Conference team. Brown, the preseason player of the year, was named to the league's first team, while Williams earned his spot on the second team. Brown had eight double-doubles and finished third in scoring with 19.8 points per game, sixth in rebounding with 8.3 rebounds per game. Williams finished the year second on the Raging Cajuns in scoring while knocking down a team-high 58 threes. The senior led the team in points seven times and started every game for the Cajuns. Head coach Bob Marlin believes Jordan is the best player in the league, regardless of what the conference decides. He's grown so much, and you can ask any of our coaches or administrative people. He has he just really opened up and matured and he's very comfortable uh, I think here and that, that was a big plus for him was to, to feel wanted, feel needed and then you know produce and I think he's had an outstanding season. He's on the verge of scoring a thousand points in two years which is hard to do. And we will have much more basketball later on in the show. Bob Marlin stops by to chat but up next on Inside Cajun Nation, we check on the Cajun baseball program. We're back after this. Welcome back to the show. Raging Cajun baseball is off to a fast start. And as the early part of the season is underway, we can see the type of team Coach Matt Deggs is building. Tough, gritty, they have a special bond. Cajun baseball off to a nice 6-1 and one start to start the season. That after a four-game sweep of the BYU Cougars. Four of those six wins have been one-run games. And while it was dramatic for many of us, head coach Matt Degg says winning those type of games are nothing new for this team. This team's won a lot of those over the last two years, and they're very, like I was saying the other day, they're very comfortable in those situations. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have won all of them, but they didn't have to all be that close either. 
uh, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, anytime you can live to tell about it, it's a great experience. Early in the season, nationally, you guys are 10th ranked in sacrifice flies. Can you talk about the importance of not only get trading those outs for runs, but doing it efficiently? Yeah, I mean, sacrifice flies, I call them rally killers. <laughs> uh, I like them. They're not an at-bat, which is a good thing, and I like driving in runs. I'd like to see us learn to trade places with guys. And, uh, you know, obviously you're going to – you want to get that run in any way you can. But defensively, put yourself on defense, and most times they're going to trade a run for an out any day of the week. So our uh, our mission is just to keep reaching base at a high percentage. I think we're 410 or so on base, which uh, when the dust settles, if we can maintain that, that'll be – you know, at the top of something. Uh, it's just an offense that will do whatever it takes to win. If it's a sack fly, if it's a ground ball to second, uh, if it's a steal at home, whatever it might be. Uh, and it's not so much about the numbers or, or ranking or anything like that as much as finding a way to score more runs than our opponent. All right, so if you want to get all the latest Cajun Nation information, we have the solution for you. You can just sign up for our new Cajun Nation newsletter. You can do that by going to klfy.com and clicking on the newsletter page to sign up all your latest raging Cajun info right there on Cajun Nation's newsletter. All right, still to come on Inside Cajun Nation, we're going to learn about how UL women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead became a basketball coach. That's next. Don't go away. Welcome back to the show. In life, people get many opportunities. Meet a new person, try a new meal, or even take a new job. In fact, according to the Bureau of Labor, the average worker holds 10 different jobs before the age of 40. Not exactly the case for UL women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. He's been the head man for 11 years and his path here, a unique one. This is where we're used to seeing Louisiana Raging Cajun women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. Walking the sidelines of the program he's built and cultivated for more than a decade. But before he took the whistle and dedicated his life to coaching, Gary learned the value of hard work, not only on the basketball court, but by watching his family and their strong work ethic running various family businesses. They talk about what Cajun people are and they're honest people. I mean, I'm one, even though my last name's Broadhead, I'm really a Pontiac, Delahousie. I'm, I'm, I got a lot of Gidry. I'm, 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 you know, Gidry's hardware is my grandfather. You know, it's just like, that's all my people, we call it. And, you know, it's just honesty. But learning from the culture, you know, how hard work can really bring you success. And I think that was the biggest thing that I was taught. Gary graduated from USL in 1980, headed from the graduation stage to his father-in-law's farm. We were farmers, you know, uh, growing soybeans and wheat and, and all that uh, right out of high school. It allowed me to coach during the, uh, during the winter times because we didn't have no crop. We grew up not hunting and fishing that much, but playing basketball, you know. And so when I had an opportunity to coach and, and, and do something that, you know, I really loved the farming part of it, you know, I was blessed. To, you know, my father-in-law had a big farm, and I, you know, when I married his daughter, I was able to, to kind of join the big farm, and 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 you know, it was it was learned a lot. Those lessons led him to become the first, and at the time, the only farmer in the region growing cucumbers, 
the family began to grow cucumbers because soybean prices in the mid-80s started to tail off. Here I am, 20-something years old, and trying to be the first one in Louisiana to try to grow cucumbers for pickles, you know, and Cajun Chef Products, Jimmy B. R. and them were involved in it. Uh, but the, Dr. DeSell here at UL approached our, our farm about doing it, and we started with 10 acres, and that 10 acres led to you know, a thousand acres, you know, later on in life. As life tends to do, Gary's two loves, farming and coaching, came to a head. A seed planted by another passionate young basketball coach in the area, STM's Danny Broussard, helped him with that. Danny told him, follow your passion. He said, man, I'm envious of, you know, but, you know, you're doing what you love. He said, I wish I was coaching. I said, why don't you? And I think he kind of looked at me like I said, it's not too late. And I said, look, I said, you know, Andrew had a nice little shop at the time. I said, well, I've got a nice store, shop, you're making money, income. You, you could probably still do a little bit of farming, go back and get your degree and become a coach. And about three years later, he gets introduced as the Turling's head coach. And I said, I'll be darned. <laughs> With that extra bit of motivation, Gary began to transition from farmer to coach. He eventually decides with the blessing of his wife to leave the crops and head to the courts full time. And you have to have a wife that's really understanding. That's the number one thing. I would have never been able to do it if she didn't understand what my real passion was, was the coaching stuff. And so here I am, we're doing really well, you know, we built a house, we, I mean, we're really moving forward with the farm. To me, when you try to extend it for more than 20 years, you're going to run into some bad times. And I hadn't really ran into any bad times, and I was kind of concerned about that. I was like, man, we really in a good position. We have a chance to get out and, you know, move into, you know, something that I really want to do and kind of almost like retiring into the coaching part of it to get some good looks on the transition. Oh, you know that. Thus, a prosperous career began to bud as an AAU coach, high school coach, winning a state championship with Turlings in 2002, then heading to McNeese to get college experience as an associate head coach. And then, for the past 11 seasons, leading the Raging Cajun women's team to some of the most successful years in program history, winning 183 games and leading the Cajuns to their first Sun Belt Conference regular season championship and first ever appearance in the women's NIT. Broadhead's success rooted in the lessons he learned from his family. And while no one knows what's in store for the future, you can bet whether it's surveying a cucumber farm or roaming the sidelines as a basketball coach, one thing rings true. He'll do it with passion. Coming up, men's basketball coach Bob Marlin chats with us next on Inside Cajun Nation. We're back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation, everyone. George Faust here. We've decided to take it on the road for the second time in three weeks. And we are joined by the head men's basketball coach for the Raging Cajuns, Coach Bob Marlin. Coach, thanks for the time. And let's just talk about this, the way the season's going. You guys heading into this weekend, you guys are on a 10-game win streak. Uh, to have a win streak like that, it, it requires, I guess, Luck and talent, right? Yeah, it's a lot of hard work goes into a lot of preparation. The guys have done a tremendous job. Our staff's done a great job, George. And we've played well in every game. We've won games in a different fashion. So it's been a fun streak, and uh, we're excited about trying to keep it moving. 
You still have, what, about two weeks left, uh, give or take, in the season, and in, in, in the regular season. Uh, what do you tell the team about, you know, the way to finish a year off, especially when you've had some success? You know, you might stub your toe a little bit, but, but hey, let's keep, keep moving forward. We've got a good reminder from that because the 2018 team that won 27 wins and, and, and had a school record for a number of wins, won 10 in a row, got beat at Georgia State in a close game, and then we, we rolled off six more in a row, and then we lost the last game on senior night. So we've been through this before, and we just need to stay focused, take it one game at a time, and know that we need to play our best in March. When uh, over the past few weeks, uh, some of the, one of the guys that I've kind of like just been really impressed with is, is Greg Williams and, and his ability to kind of. Uh, it seems like he elevated his play over the last few games. Is that something you're seeing and what you're expecting postseason? Uh, this postseason run here. Well, he is elevating his game. There's no question. I think he scored 20 or more points in five or six straight games. He's played excellent defense. He's a leader in our locker room and and captain and. Uh, I, I think the world of Greg, we expected this of him immediately because we saw it in high school, we saw it at St. John's. Last year he had a tough go for a while uh, with a bad back and that, that limited his practice time and he lost some confidence, but he came on at the end of the year. He played through it and made the all-tournament team and now he's on course to be all-conference. When you look at uh, just the way this team has come together, you've had success when you take these off-season trips and, and you go out of town and, and, and they kind of get together and they, it seems like the chemistry of the team that year is pretty good. You've had success with that in the past. Do you, can you attribute that, those trips in the, in the off-season to, to the success now or, or is it just kind of a, a happenstance? No, I think it's part of the, the journey. And if you go back to 14, we took a team to Spain. We won the tournament with NCAA the next year. 2017, we went to Cuba for a week. And then we came back and, and as we said, won 27 games, school record. So uh, regular season championship. So this year going to Puerto Rico, we felt like our guys were already close. Now we're able to practice more in, in June and July than we used to. So that those 10 extra practices don't really mean as much, but we've been together since day one and it only strengthened our bond. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is I asked you this a couple of weeks ago uh, at one of our regular press conferences about the depth of this team. It, it, it seems like you guys are, like, I mean, how many do you play? Eight, nine, ten? You, you feel comfortable putting a lot of people in. We've played ten basically every night, mm -hmm. and uh, we've got uh, 11 and 12 are good players. They're young, they're, and they just having trouble cracking the, the minutes right now. They're both going to be excellent players. but. Uh, usually like to play nine or ten. So when you when you uh, look at uh, kind of setting the, the, the schedule or uh, setting the rest of the season up uh, as, as you kind of move forward, what do you tell the team about uh, staying focused with this, this last stretch run that you guys have? We just continue to do your job. You know, we're more than two, two thirds of the way through conference season, as you alluded to earlier, and we've done a great job of staying focused, preparing, and then carrying the game plan out and the guys are performing. So we're just going to continue that and, and take it game by game and get ready for Pensacola.
I wanted to ask you about the, the fans and, and obviously that, that game where the, the, the Cajun chicken returned and uh, it seemed like there was a, a lot of excitement surrounding that. I had over 5,000 uh, fans in the, in the Cajun Dome. Uh, that, that had to be a fun atmosphere to play in. It was a great atmosphere and it was good to see children there. We had a lot of young, young families and basketball teams and they came down the court. Uh, but it was a, a good night for all and I think most people left with a smile on their face Saturday night. What do you look for out of this team moving forward? I mean, what are your expectations? I know, I know you, you know this team pretty well. What do you think this team can do uh, moving forward? And obviously the goal is to get to the tournament, but uh, what are you seeing as a coach? Yeah, we're trying to stay on them and push them, you know, that extra mile and, and let them dig deep and, and do things that they haven't done before. Uh, you know, we think there's more in some of these guys. So that's our job as coaches to try to pull it out. And we're going to continue to, to lead and get these guys ready uh, for the tournament. We would like to win the regular season. We'd like to go undefeated at home. We'd like to win the tournament. And we'd like to go win games in NCAA. And if things fall right and we avoid injury, I think we can do it this time. Coach, thanks for the time, as always. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're always welcome on Inside Cajun Nation, no doubt about it. I always love chatting with you. Thanks, George. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.